Hey guys, we are back. Welcome back to Vertical Momentum. Thank you so much for showing up today. Guys, this is going to be a great episode. I know I stopped watching the news probably a year and a half, two years ago. So I have a lot of questions I want answered. Like, was the, was the election rigged? Um, so we're going to get those kind of answers with my friend Lee. But first, I want to thank our sponsors, Valish Woodworks. Thank you so much. Um, the Hoarding Solution, Tammy, thank you so much for helping families that are dealing with hoarding issues. Thank you so much. And of course, my own coffee that just came out, which I'm drinking right now, high velocity coffee. If you need your ass kicked or you need to kick somebody's ass, drink this coffee. I'm drinking it right now. I'm getting ready to talk with my brother, Lee. We're going to have some fun. So guys, just hang in. If, if you have any questions, drop them in the comments. I'm sure we'll, we'll answer them. Lee, my brother, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Richard. How are you doing? Oh, man. If, you know, um, if life was any better, I would be twins. That's how good life is. That's a very nice attitude. So now, as we were talking, um, you, you, you're, you're a kind of guy that's after my own heart. Um, you love this country and you, and we want to see things change. And you said you might run for president in 2024, and you just you might have my vote after this uh, episode. So where are you from? Where do you come from? Where did you grow up? And how did you become the man that you are today? Hey, I'm just a regular guy who cares about the country, who's in love with my country, and think that you know we have God's gift to humanity over here. I'm from Georgia. Uh, my childhood was split between Ohio and, and Georgia. My parents relocated part of the time. Went back down to Georgia for uh, college, and then I've been up in New York the last 40 years. I still have family down there. So uh, my wife is from New York, and my kids are obviously from New York now, but my heart's in, in, in the South. Now, what, what, college, what college did you go to? Georgia State, and it's downtown Atlanta. Oh, okay. Because my, uh, my son's going to Coastal Carolina, and I think they play Georgia State uh, college football. Probably University of Georgia. Yep. In Athens. Yep. So, so yep. Well, Georgia State, I think, is a, is a Division three school, right? I believe so. So what made you get in? You know, because I, I was actually taken in by a, a, a black family when I was younger. And um, when they, I would look on their wall, they would have a picture of John F. Kennedy and then a picture of Jesus. So that's the way, you know, I was as an adult, I was raised. And I think it's amazing that you actually mentioned, you know, John F. Kennedy in your bio. So yeah. when you grew up, did you grow up, you know, looking up to these to these people? I think he was one of the last politicians that put people from both parties really idolized, respected and think emulated what it means to be an American. You know, one of his most famous quotes is, you know, don't ask. I'm not I'm paraphrasing. Don't ask what you know the country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And that attitude has been lost. Now it's all about entitlements, you know, and what, and what I have coming, as opposed to what can I do to make the country a better place. So, did you? What did you major in? What did you major in in college? I majored in accounting. So I'm a CPA so, by trade. So you're a very analytical person. Obviously, you started on that. You know, <laughs> you know that this is one thing. You know, I, that the government is not run as a business, and it's just, you know, and whenever they have a program, programs never, af, never 
uh, done away with. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The budgets get bigger. They're out of control. And like nobody really cares. And I, I think the whole idea of a small government, which is why we started this country, we weren't happy with what was going on over there, uh, has been lost. Now, obviously, you know, we'll talk about that because, you know, I believe that we need, you know, eight, 10 years ago, we needed a president that knew how to run a business, kind of like when Ross Perot ran years ago. He was not your perfect talker, but he was a hell of a businessman. And, you know, unfortunately, our country has become one big business and nobody knows how to run a business. And I think that's why we're dealing dealing with a lot of supply chain issues, all this other stuff, is because we're not doing what we do in our households. Like most households, like mine and yours, if we don't have the money this month, we're not going to write the check. Because if we write the check, it bounces. We're going to jail. Well, but for our government, had, it no, seems like it just prints money. Because the government has an attitude; it's not their money. Why, why do they care? It's other people's money. There's no financial responsibility. There's no consequences for their irresponsible spending, for their whatever programs they make. There's no ever repercussions to them. You know, it's not out of their pocket. So what do they care? You know, and, and in the federal government, you know, what I'm getting off on a tangent, whatever, with the Civil War. And obviously the slavery part of the Civil War was a horrible stain on, on America. But the idea of states' rights, you know, when the country was set up, I, I truly believe the states knew then what they know now in terms of what the federal government was going to do. They would never would have agreed to join. I think the federal government is doing things they have no business doing. If you look whenever these bills are passed in Congress, how much of that bill is on federal needs versus people, you know, giving to each other. So just to get people to approve, you know, to, to sign off on the thing. And how many how many times are bills passed that congressmen, they don't even read the thing. Okay, so now we're going to go way back. Well, not way back. I mean, far enough to, as we were talking about before we even got on uh, on the call. Um, let's go back to that um, debate with Hillary Clinton and um, Bernie Sanders and three Bernie, others, and then just the, the three others. It was kind of like you know, just watching two people go at it, and the other people just doing this. You know, it's kind of like, like you said, if, you know, if, if I get the one chance to go speak, I'm going to give it everything I got. And it seemed like everybody else just. Or don't show up. Yeah. Where's your self-respect? I, I, you know, I think they were there just so it wouldn't be an empty stage. You can, you can pay me what you want, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to show up just to so, so prop somebody else up. But, you know, the, the, the whole thing was a joke. And I think, um. This is just my my what I thought is the whole Bernie thing got out of hand. They never thought it would get as as, as much traction as it got. Now, now we see, unfortunately, a lot of the Democratic Party is even more radical than what Bernie was doing. So now, when it came back to that that at that time, where were you leaning? Were you leaning towards Clinton? Were you leaning towards Bernie? What was your mindset? Uh, when it comes to national elections, or actually any election, I vote uh, for the person, not, nece not necessarily the party. So my heart was not in Hillary as somebody who I wanted to, first of all, my views, 
And also I questioned her honesty for things that are going on in her past, uh, whether the, the email scandal and, and so many other things. Um, I just did not want her in the White House. And I was willing to take a chance on Trump at the time. I have no buyer's remorse. There were certain things that he did that I was not happy with in terms of the budgets. But there are certain things I'm very happy with in terms of his judgeships. Hopefully, you know, you know, those things will pan out. Uh, and those uh, have more of a lasting effect on the country than any character defaults you may have with him. Now, I personally would go back to Mr. Obama because um, I personally voted for him the first time. And before I voted for him, I actually did my due diligence and read all his books and kind of found out about the kind of person that he was. And I think a lot of times when it comes to voting now, especially because we got, you know, attention span of a gnat, we'll just see what's going on on Facebook or Instagram. And we kind of don't do our own due diligence. And I think, you know, Obama was the first um, social media president, president ever. If it wasn't for social media, like we were talking about earlier, he wouldn't, I don't think he would have made as much impact as he did with social media. So please talk about that a little bit, like we were talking about before you came on about well, social well, media and, and, yeah, and, and raising I, I awareness. Talk, yeah, I'll talk about Obama first um, in, another, in another sense. A lot of people had, well, I'll speak about me. I had a lot of hope once he was elected. He had a lot of potential in terms of race relationships because of his background. And I, I think he just blew that big time. He could have united people as opposed to divide. And I, I see more division now after his presidency than before. He could have been there, you know, he, that the, the professor, the Harvard professor, when he was arrested, he automatically took sides without knowing the facts, you know, against the police officers. Um, whatever race relations were there, instead of bringing people together, he just, I think he tore the country apart. Um, so so then when the Trump took presidency, everybody says he's the one that tore it apart. There are things about Trump that could be divisive. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that, his personality. Um, but, you know, when you have people who say, you know, let's impeach him before he even takes office, it tells me it's more than that. There's something going on there. And I think hatred is a very big motivator. And you got that from both sides. I understand that. Not naive, but um, I don't think people gave him the chance. And I, I think there are a lot of things that came out that um, people were not honest and tried to uh, do him in from day one. Whether it's the Russian collusion, there, there were a lot of things that, and these are things that congressmen are never held accountable for, that, you know, Adam Schiff just clearly lying about the facts on the ground. And you know, I had this kid over here, Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, whether you agree with the verdict or not, a lot of people made the decision not based on facts, just based on what they would have wanted to have been, which is why now, you know, there's talk about him going after defamation suits. So, so people just made stuff up. You know, and, you know, now I'm sure that you caught a lot of flack or you do catch a lot of flack because number one, you know, you're a white guy. Second of all, you're pro-life. And you're also pro-military and pro-police departments. So I'm sure that you get a lot of flack for being a conservative Democrat. 
Well, I do. I get, from, I, I do. I get that from Democrats. Uh, a lot of them. That's true. And I also get it from Republicans. Like, why are you a Democrat? You know, with you, with your views. Why don't you come on over? And I, I say I can't. And I explain. I explain why. You know. But for a country to operate, we need to have the rule of law. We need to have respect for elders, for police, and for military. Otherwise, our country is going to go to pot. And when we see that now, we see what's happening. You know, with the riots the last year or two. You know, uh, we see in San Francisco, you know, in terms of the, the, the shoplifting, it's just out of hand. You know, in New York City, we, you know, during the riots in the summer, too. Um, and it's not getting any better now, you know, with these no bail laws and stuff going into, into effect. You just had some guy, you know, burn down a Christmas tree up in, yep. uh, in New York City. And he's out on the street again. And this is not his first offense. So now, why... Won't you go over to a Republican? Uh, one of the main reasons is because I have no respect to them as politicians. Uh, I've seen them so many times campaign on stuff, but then when they get into office, they're a different person. They have your money, they have your support, they have your votes, and then have a good day. We'll see you in four years. They, 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 they don't, a, a lot of them, the very few, there's no meat that they give in and they don't stand on principle. And, you know, the, the, I, so if I, if I'm going to be in a party, if I'm going to switch, at least if they would stand on principle, you know, Ted Cruz got on the Senate floor a couple of years ago and, you know, with Obamacare repealing that. And he said, first, you told us we need to have the house. Then you said, you need, the house of representatives. Then you said, we need to have the Senate. Then you said, we need to have the presidency. We got all three. And we're still not repealing the thing. What is it about you guys that we you don't do anything? So of what value? I don't. See, I, I just see them as a useless party. But but now the Democrats, as much as I disagree with a lot of the positions that they take, they will fight tooth and nail for what they say they want, and they will tell you. So you can believe them when they say that. The Republicans, I don't believe them half the time. Now, do you see? Um your party backing you when you want to, if you, when you run for the presidency? The way the party is now, it's going to be a difficult fight. I see them. They would rather have a Democrat than a Republican period. The mm -hmm. optics of that. I don't think they want to have a Republican. Uh, if I can convince a lot of Democrats, then I think they would go for it. There are a lot of vocal Democrats who will be extremely upset about that. Those on the far left, on the other hand, you know, they claim to have an open tent, a big tent party, all comers. Um, and hopefully they will embrace it if, you know, things, you know, start to take, you know, start to get traction. Because, you know, I, I, I think for me, you know, 2024, I don't see anybody strong in the Republican Party. I don't. Um, and that's just being honest. I don't see any. I mean, I don't see anybody that I rush out for and except for maybe. Uh, Mr. Scott from South Carolina, I, I I like him, but I really don't see much strength in either party. I don't see any any standout in either of the parties, and you know I think by the time Mr. Biden gets that point, he's like 81, 82. Aren't you baffled by the lack of depth within either party? Yeah, yeah and like I said, because I I try to you know I try to be intelligent. And I just don't see where somebody would, I could be like, oh yeah, he's got it. 
Because, you know, when presidents from, you know, even from Obama, he had it. You know, and it just doesn't seem like Mr. Biden has it. I'm not talking mentally. I'm just talking about personality-wise. You know what I mean? No, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people who supported Biden didn't necessarily support Biden. They were just anti-Trump. You know, and, and it's the lack of depth within the party, with specifically the Democratic Party. I think it's pathetic that there's really nobody out there that, you know, Obama, whether you like them or not, he people related to him clinton the same thing biden i I question whether anyone really wants him to be president versus just doesn't like the other guy yeah and i was i'm going to ask you about that but you know like you were talking about you know i can remember because i'm you know i'm in my 50s now i can remember bill clinton going on the arsenio hall show and and play and playing the saxophone i i remember you know watching you know, um, Barack Obama go shoot hoops with some of the teams. I just can't see Biden doing that. You know, I can't see him, you know, like even Trump, I could see sitting down, having a cup of coffee, having a beer with him. But I just can't see with Mr. Biden. Now, I respect Mr. Biden. Everything he's been through, you know, with the death of his wife, his children, you know, I really respect Mr. Biden. And I hope he does what he says he's going to do. But I'm not seeing this for this past year. I'm not seeing very positive things. What are you seeing the first year in presidency? I think just back to basics. You know, you, you mentioned Biden. You know, a lot of people have empathy for Biden because of the trauma in his life. Yeah. But trauma in your life, um, as, as, as much as it tugs at you, doesn't make someone a leader. Doesn't make someone a patriot. Doesn't make someone uh, change who they who, who they are necessarily. You know, um, I, you know I, for example, uh, so, certain things do, certain things don't. I used to be very pro capital punishment, for example. After the death of a son, I changed that because I just reevaluated. You know, the value of life. How could we take a life unnecessarily? Um, you know, give them life without parole. You know, that's one thing. But but. But to take their life away, you know, I, I question. I, I just question: Is that the the, the, human, the humanity in that? But some other thing. But because of that, also, I'm very pro-life. You know, I, I think every life is special. You know, but and and logically, I don't see other than conception where to draw the line, because it's they're all it's all arbitrary. You know, week two, week you know, viability, heartbeat. You know, pick and choose. For those who want to use it as a convenient form of birth control, you know, with full term minus a minute, I I don't understand. And I think, you know, people need to be educated on exactly what is an abortion. And maybe they need to watch it to see exactly what's going on. You know, when they start pulling arms out and legs out, you know, counting body parts. I think think the, the reason we use the word abortion is just to sanitize people exactly what is going on. You know, I I agree, uh, and I, there are I a lot even of parents re- out there who unfortunately can't have their own kids. You don't want the kid, give it up to adoption. Yeah, I I agree. Um, even in my book, I wrote about it, how I went through it, and didn't have a choice in the matter, and how it's affected me even as an adult. You know, and, and that's as a male, so I couldn't imagine what the female goes through mentally down the road. You know. Besides the health aspects of it, you're right. Mentally, a lot of women are devastated afterwards. 
And then uh, I think very few women are happy with the decision. Some of them, for various reasons, make the decision. But there's a lot of regret there. So now, uh, you know, the election, um, I think a lot of people didn't vote for Biden. They voted against Trump. 100%. But I think a lot of it, you know, like I was talking with my cousin about this the other day. If they would have just took his phone away. And if, he, and if he would have just stopped talking about trivial stuff and kept his mind on the matter, I think he would have got reelected. But except all the extracurricular stuff, people just got tired of. Because if you watch CNN, it was about Trump. If you watch Fox, it was about Trump. So you kind of got burnt out. In yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure about that because there are a lot of people who loved his passion. He always had an opinion on everything. And I think there are a lot of people like that. They like they like a, a president. They like a leader who hasn't who's opinionated. So then, what what do you whether it's the flag, whether it's national anthem, whether it's veterans, whether it's the police, whatever it is, what is what is he thinking? This is someone that a lot of people look up to or should look up to. The president should be a role model, should be a mentor. That's not always the case, but we should care what he thinks or she thinks. So what was the reason why he got his ass kicked in the election? I think there's a, there's a few theories. One theory is uh, there are those who believe it was not a clean election. There are those people who feel he was an outsider and he wasn't playing by the rules. And there are those people who just don't like him for either because of his policies or because of his personality. So what is your theory on the election? Do you think it was rigged or you think it was 100% legit? Because here, I, you know, I live in New Jersey uh, and I voted. I went to go vote um, and, and, they, and they said, oh, we can't even vote in person. Everything was by mail. And then you see these things, you know, certain packages gone missing. I really don't believe in it. I don't believe it was rigged myself, but what is your opinion on it? No, I'm not an expert on it, and I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I am, but there were things that are, I guess everybody agrees happened because of COVID that governors and politicians, other politicians, changed election laws illegally, unconstitutionally. It's a legislator who, legislation, Sure, who should be changing the laws? Nobody else. And a lot of these laws were changed by people other than the legislator, le- legislative bodies. That in and of itself makes me question the legitimacy of the election. Whether that means people voted who shouldn't have voted, I'm not. That, I'm not even going there. I'm just saying the election laws were changed illegally. Okay. So now I'm going to put you into the presidency. You are Mr. President now, Mr. Lee. You're you're the president of the United States. How and we'll talk about some of the issues and how you would deal with them as president. How would you deal with the COVID nineteen issues that we're dealing with? I don't know. Sir. I personally don't understand why we're dealing that with any different. We deal with any other illness, where we leave it up to the person and their doctor. You know, historically, your medical records were your your privacy. There was a privacy. The whole HIPAA Act. Why is it anyone else's business? 
If you feel you need to get, you know, like the flu shots historically, you want to get a flu shot, go get it. You don't, don't. <clears throat> you want to put yourself at risk? Every day we, we judge what risk we're willing to accept, whether that means going in an airplane, going to a car, go swimming at a beach with sharks, without sharks, drowning, taking a bath, whatever it was, we all take risks. I personally don't understand why, why this was treated any differently. And from a scientific standpoint, I, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a doctor, but we never shut down science. Science is about questioning. All of a sudden, we're not allowed to question. And, and certain things just didn't make sense. In New York, we had this thing, you know, this is earlier on where the governor and the, and, and, and the mayor with houses of worship, 10 people maximum. Nothing to do with the size of the room. Meaning it's not based on science. You can have, you know, a 10 by 10, you can get 10 people in there, or a 1,000 by a 1,000, and only 10 people. That makes no sense. It's not about science anymore. You know, we have the fire department regulations, how many people can go in a room, okay, based on the size of the room. But there were things that had nothing to do with it, and you were not allowed to question. The whole mask mandate thing, at the beginning, Fauci said, they don't do any good. You know, you can do it if you want to make yourself feel good, but it's not going to make any difference because we never mandated them for any other, for uh, for the flu, we never mandated it. For SARS, we never mandated it. You know, go back to the swine flu, we never mandated it because from a respiratory standpoint, we said it doesn't make any sense for the general public to wear these things. Plus, they're not going to wear them properly anyways. You know, we have little kids wearing masks, you know, from two years and older. You think they're, first of all, you think their masks do anything. And do you think they're going to wear them properly? So why are we mandating these things? You So whether you agree or not, you weren't even allowed to question. And if you did question, you got kicked off social media. From a scientific standpoint, that makes no sense. You know, why can't I argue the earth is, earth is flat? You want to argue it's not flat? Okay, let's go for it. But you weren't even allowed to. And we're talking about doctors who were not allowed to. Doctors were being censored. Okay. So now... Um... What would you do? Because now it seems like anytime I hear anything from anybody, I got a lot of friends that are business owners. A lot of it is supply chain issues. What are your thoughts on supply chains and how do we get things moving? Why do we have 80 ships sitting out in the San Francisco Bay waiting to come in on the docks? How yeah. would you alleviate yeah. how would you alleviate the uh you know the blockage with 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 stuff like that. I I think you know some of that is to due to these vaccine mandates where people are getting fired and laid off because they're not willing to get vaccines. And, you know, if you want to call it a vaccine versus not a vaccine, so there's there's the, the uh, manpower is just not there. And also originally we had the manpower because jobs were just shut down. You know, businesses were closed because they were essential or not essential. And depending, and and now we have this, you know, the uh, vaccine mandate, you know, for 100 people or more employers. I'm not sure how a vaccine, how a virus knows whether the employer has 99 employees versus 101. Does that based on science? You know, if it's 99 or less, you're okay. It's a safe environment. But if you want you hit 100, watch out. The virus is going to come and get you. You know, and, uh, originally, you know, we had the, all these protests on the same day that they were allowed for social justice, but you know, weddings and funerals, no, you can't have those because there's a virus. It's very dangerous out there. You know, people are picking and choosing. 
Um, so I, going back to your supply chain over here, I think we messed it up. Not we being you and I, but the country for just sh shutting these things down. And now it takes a while to get back up again. And we're just slowing it down more, you know, by, by putting hampers in these people and in these businesses. And people who are getting closer to retirement said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm not, I don't need this anymore. And so we're short on people there. But then what do you get? Because I have a lot of, like I said, I got a lot of friends and personal friends. They're business owners. And they're like, I can't get help. I, you know, they had, what, 400,000 people resign off their jobs what, two months ago. So why is it now that we're having such, you know, everybody was worried about unemployment. But wait a minute, we just had 400,000 people quit their jobs. How do we get the country, you know, because I was reading something. I'm a big history buff, and I was reading something by Mr. Dale Carnegie, and they were talking about, you know, back in one of the World Wars, one, one of the presidents had to get the country back on pace, and they had to get the – so he actually got the employees, he actually got the companies and the people to start pulling for America again. I think I, just leave them alone. Just get out of their lives. Get out of their way. Stop these regulations, whether it's vaccines, whether it's masks, whether other. See, this is one thing I agreed with Trump. Get rid of all these regulations that aren't doing anything to, for productivity. You have all these countries, whether it's Ch China, obviously, that has its problems. And, and, and But they're taking jobs away from us. We're shipping our manufacturing over there and we're dependent on, on them, whether it's pharmaceuticals or, or what have you. Um, I think just get out of their lives. Leave them alone. And I think people want to work. People want to be productive. But you're making it hard for them. Now, you know, I believe, like I said, you know, I had a libertarian on and we were talking. And because uh, I love having conversations like this. But I think this is what America needs. Me and you just sitting here having a conversation like two friends. You know what I mean? We kind of I'm going to interrupt you for a second based on your comment right now. And this is, bothers me tremendously, and I don't understand this. Civility. Why can't people, not necessarily to convince other people, but just to understand other people, speak mm -hmm. in a civil manner, just to say, okay, I'm not going to try and convince you, and you're not going to convince me, whether it's Second Amendment, whether it's pro-abortion versus pro-life, what have you, but just to understand people, and, and, and as opposed to... Uh, making people toxic and addictive and, and just, sorry, I, you know what? We can't be friends anymore because you disagree with me because of who you voted for. We can't be friends anymore. I've never seen that in, in my lifetime. And, and you know, like, like I said, I did 23 years in the military. And in the military, there was no Democrat. There was no Republican. We all, we all bled green. And if you got shot at, you know, bullets doesn't don't know if you're Republican or Democrat. They don't care. Know? If you're in a foxhole together, you're just there to have each other's backs. As so, it should be. Yeah. So now how would you, as president, get our country back to being one America? That's not going to be so easy. I think it starts with education uh, in, in our public school systems. And I also think that, you know, children aren't born hating. Children aren't born with all this identity politics. It's, it's a learn behavior. They're learning from the schools. They're learning it from parents. Um, and this is one, you know, I don't know if it's fair for me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways, is where whether it's athletes 
or the media. I think there's a lot of potential there that they're just being negative on. Instead of bringing people together and bring, making more love in this country, they're just being more divisive, whether it's the music, which is antisocial, or the movies are antisocial, or, you know, they glorify drugs, they glorify, you know, whatever type of violence you want, um, as opposed to saying, you know what, we have kids out there who are watching, who are consuming our material. That's more important than the dollar. Evidently, it's not. But I think these people need to be talked to and saying, you know what, you're putting kids at risk. And I think parents are, you know, when you, whether you plan to have these children or you're having the children for whatever reason, you need to take some responsibility for these kids on their upbringing and not say it's the government's job. Everybody needs to own these kids. And, you know, I totally agree, you know, and they, there's the old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. But it and takes I a think, village that cares and who yeah. owns the problem. And you're saying a good marriage. I know if you're married or not, it's not yeah. for my point, it's not yeah. really relevant. Yeah. But for a good marriage to work, it's not 50-50. Each party has to own the marriage 100%. It's not a partnership. You know, if you don't do that, I'm not going to do this. Then, you know, it's, it's just a business relationship. Each one has to say, you know what, this marriage, it's my responsibility. And when you have two partners who own the marriage and not looking at what the other one's doing or not doing, the marriage is a much better chance of it lasting. And you have to have people here, citizens, who own these kids. The teacher owned them during the day and the parents own them at night without pushing off. Well, it's not my responsibility to teach these kids. Of course, it's responsibility. You know, when the kid comes home from school, does he see the parent watching, you know, you know, uh, sitcoms or, you know, or, or what have you? Or does he see the kid, you know, the parents opening up a Bible or just a self-improvement book? It makes a big difference on a kid with these, the, the behavior. You know, there's a story. I don't remember the guy's name. Um, as a motivational speaker, uh, the name of the speech he gave was the mo he, most he learned ever was from a third grade dropout. And he said, and he was talking about his, I think his father or grandfather, I forgot which one it was. He used, to, he used to constantly see him with a newspaper in his face all the time. And, and as he grew up as a teenager, he said, what are you reading? He says, I have no idea. I can't read. So you can't read. So what are you doing with the newspaper? Because I wanted you to know that I thought reading was important. He said, the, the knowledge he got from somebody who was a third grade dropout, he said, made him into who he is. So how, now I, my point being is how many parents are really owning these kids in terms of modeling behaviors that are conducive to raising kids who are civil, kids who place importance on education, and kids who just get along with other people, even if they disagree with them. I agree. And, you know, one thing I do agree with the gentleman that I talked to, the, the libertarian, was, you know, a lot of parents are going to complain about, oh, well, my kid got locked up, so he's in jail. But they don't think back to when, wait a minute, you didn't care what they were doing while they were in school. You never voted on who they're elected officials are going to be on the school board. But now all of a sudden you're worrying about why is he in jail? So I think a lot of times we should really focus more on who our mayors are, who are, are um, not governors as much, but more the school teachers, um, the, the police departments, the police chiefs. That's the stuff that we really need to vote on and focus on. But 80% of the people I talked to, did you vote for the school board? Oh, no, not really. 
But wait a minute. They're your kids. You know, take some responsibility, like you said. And I think, no, I, we, you know. Yeah, I understand that. And in your example over there before, you know, in terms of, you know, with, with police, you know, I, I'm not excusing any behaviors that police, you know, have with, with, with regular people or with citizens, what have you. But why is your child having any interactions with the police? What is he doing? You know, police aren't out there for the most part saying, you know what, who can I start up with today? There, there's usually a reason. And mm. the good kids, for the most part, aren't accidentally. Sometimes it happens. People are accidentally, whatever, for whatever reason. But in general, most kids who are doing what they're supposed to be doing, whether it's in school, after work, what have you, have no interactions, negative interactions, especially with the police. And, you know, like my kids, you know, in my house, I bleed blue. Um, you know, my daughter was actually, she's nine years old. A couple of years ago, she was a police officer for Halloween. So, you know, we respect the police officers. And of course, you know, just like every veteran, any job you have, there's a few bad apples, you know, so you don't ever let all, you know, one bad apple spoil the bunch. Um, Lee, I just want to say thank you for taking the time for coming on. How can we support your mission? How can we help you help us change the country? Okay, just to, I appreciate that very much. Very sweet of you. Uh, just to repeat what I said before is, and I truly believe this, you know, if I have a message that resonates with people, then the best thing you can do is just keep saying, you know, elections really, I really do believe are about poll numbers. And poll numbers are really about name recognitions, about eyeballs. You know, and any help, you know, I, 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 getting my message out with other people, whether it's sharing my profile, sharing whether on LinkedIn, on, on Facebook, what have you. I, you know, I tell people, you know, we have this thing called campaign finance laws. Um, I think the whole thing's a joke. I think it's corrupted. And I'm avoiding it, you know, just avoiding the whole thing. by I'm not raising or spending any money on my campaign. I registered with them, but I'm not raising any funds. And the whole thing is strictly through the free internet and social media and word of mouth and through people like you and other other people. Um, I, I tried to connect, you know, with a lot of journalists, other politicians, other people, what have you. And a lot of people are very receptive. You know, obviously being a nobody, uh, some people more than others, you know, would like to help out, what have you, and, and see something come. Uh, it's just a matter of time and a matter of just connecting to the right people and enough yeah. of them. And, you know, I, I believe what, you know, what you're talking about, because here in New Jersey, we had a guy that was a truck driver spend one hundred and thirty two dollars on Dunkin Donuts and beat the incumbent guy that was there for like 20 years. And one, thing I, yeah, one thing I think uh, people will, will recognize if they have to think about it and agree to is it's very sad the elections that we have. The more national, the more this is true is we don't get to choose who we vote for. We're, we're told who we vote for. In the age of the internet, there's no reason why it just can't be open to everybody. And whoever gets the most votes, that's it. You know, I mean, do it by state, what, what have you. You know, you know it, there's no calculation you know, in terms of writing candidates. Why do we have these requirements for number of signatures? Why do we have these requirements for your filing fees and things like, like that? I think it's to limit who can run. Otherwise, it, it makes no sense. It should be I, open, just like everybody's entitled to vote. Everybody should be entitled to run. And, and writing candidates in every election should be allowed. I agree 100%. Guys, so definitely check out Lee. Check out his LinkedIn page. Check out his Facebook page. Um, I'm going to be 
helping him as much as I can because I believe in him and I support his mission. Um, so I just want to say thank you, Lee. Guys, I appreciate you guys. Just remember, if you guys want some ass-kicking coffee, make sure you pick it up, Vertical Momentum Coffee. All my proceeds go to help veterans that are struggling with mental health and homelessness. So I don't make any money off of it. So I just want to let you guys know that. Lee, brother, have an amazing day. And I, I know I went a little bit over your time. That's okay. I plan for that. And I appreciate you. Have an amazing week. And I can't wait for, um, and because you're in New York, maybe someday we'll get together, go have breakfast and hang out. We'll stay in touch. God bless. Thank you very much for your time. All right, guys. Remember, vertical momentum. The only way to go is but up. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.